Okay. All right, Mark. This week, I don't know if you heard, but uh, apparently the Grammys happened, and this year's performance blessed us with a meme that writes itself. So I'm looking forward to talking Wonderful. about that. We'll also be talking about the locker room test, more chat GPT hilarity, the hedonic treadmill, and why comedian Christina P. thinks low testosterone men are hot. I don't know about that, but I guess we'll see. Welcome, everybody, to Man vs. World, your favorite show for helping you combat the insanity of this modern world. Um, I was just smiling as we were doing this because I realized, you know, we put, we play this theme song, and what we need is, like, a good, like, like montage to roll, like, during that part, and it just should be, like, just be, like, me, like, flexing in the mirror, just, <laughs> just, just, like, yeah, I, we gotta, we gotta think about what, what should go in there, um, I think it should be like a, a comic book animated thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> That'd be cool. I don't That'd know. That'd be sweet. Yeah, we could we could probably get one of these uh, new AI tools to just like animate us a sweet, um, like intro montage. Right. That'd be cool. That a would. bunch of just like AI art of like uh, you and me just like stomping on the. Uh, like the who who should we who should we have like the the world economic forum uh the the porn hub just the right. logo just getting crushed beneath our feet something like that yeah. all these things that'd be pretty cool that would <laughs> um okay so news today finally we have apps out now for the self mastery club for both android uh, and ios Took a while to get the Android one going, but that seems to be going, and hopefully it's working right. We just kind of got it launched, so by the time this is up, hopefully if there are any issues, it will be relatively fixed. We've also scaled up our servers. So the club, my friends, if you want to you know, get into a group of guys that are really focused on self-development, um, then that's the place to do it you know because you're you you there's all different kinds of like self development communities out there but like when they're just free you know they let anyone in they just kind of you know a lot of times the advice in there stinks everybody's using different approaches well you know in the self mastery club we've got a very clear kind of approach for how we develop ourselves as men and a lot of guys that transform their lives with it so we're going to be even taking this uh, much further here in the next couple months, I got something like super exciting that I've been cooking up that I, I can't wait to uh, get rolling. But uh, for now, just just a little teaser for you. But um, hopefully uh, you guys check out the apps and, and the you, you do need a membership to get it. So if you want to check out what we're all about here, just make sure you click the link in the description below. Awesome. But we got some cool stuff to get into here today. I mean, this one's not really cool, but... <laughs> It's uh, I I don't know. I guess we comment on it because it's the it's the current thing, right? It is. So what is this, Pete? What is this garbage? You know, it's current right now, but I don't know. Maybe when this comes out, it won't be current. But regardless, it, it's just I think it's hilarious, frankly. So Sam Smith and uh, an artist named Kim, who was previously named Tim. I don't know the last name. I haven't heard of them before. They had a song called Unholy, and my understanding is they performed this at the Grammys, 
And, you know, people were commenting how it's just so on the nose demonically, you know, it's, it's just glorifying, you know, flames in the background. You got strippers around a cage. It's just, it's just nonsense. But um, the way that they interlaced the sponsor with this uh, performance, I thought it was hilarious. I want, I want to see what you think. Well, first of all, it's like, I don't know who either of these people are. Mm. This is Sam Smith and I think it's I think it was something like Kim Petrus or something like that. Petrus. I've yeah. never heard of it. Yeah, I've never heard of either of these people. And I'm realizing and I didn't know the Grammys happened either. And I I feel like the new flex is like not knowing what the current thing is. Yeah, probably. Um, it just like shows that you're actually living life rather than being inside of the uh the media bubble. But anyway, let's let's see what this looks like. <clears throat> okay. Okay, so dude literally dressed as a devil. Lots of flames. Yeah, okay. Demonic caged chicks. People cheering, of course. <laughs> that's that's uh, pretty brilliant. Um, <laughs> it's like, if you guys don't want conspiracy theory shit happening, then don't do stuff like that, right? Like... <laughs> It's like it's like yeah, Pfizer's trying to like you know reduce global population and shit like that, and it's like no, they're not. They they love people. They 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 try to you know help everybody out and create these wonderful medications that will save the world, and then you have them literally right on there with a like about that's probably the most explicit like demonic like music host thing at right. this point, like music music award. Th- I know there's always been demonic symbolism and occult symbolism and stuff and part of it i think is just them trying to be edgy the other part of it i don't know might be legit i have no idea but uh you know that's just straight i mean you could call it satanic someone someone uh who the heck did it uh i can't remember i saw a tweet somewhere where someone was talking about how um like if this is like what Satan's like, we really don't have too much to worry about because right. it was a very kind of cheesy sort of performance. Kind of just like, ew, that's that's not cool, <laughs> right? So I don't know. Yeah. The world is the world is ridiculous, and and some of this I think is just these kinds of people just just grasping for relevance. They're like, all right. No one pays attention to this shit at all. So we have to do something that makes sure we get headlines. And so if we just are really gross and pathetic and and edgy, then someone's going to comment on it. And you know what? It works. You got me. Here I am. I'm promoting it. We said the Grammys, even though the Grammys no one gives a shit about. And uh, they win. They win because they they make for great content. <laughs> You know, I, the, the, I think I feel like I feel like today, like if you're if you want to fail, all you got to do is be boring. Um, well, maybe not, because sometimes even interesting people fail. Like, uh, well, I you know, what? I'd be really curious to know if Liver King's business has gone up or down since all of his controversy. I think it's probably gone down. I mean, maybe there was a spike, but right now I would say it's probably lower. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I really don't know. Because I was gonna say, like the the only way, like like any kind of controversy, like helps you out today, but maybe not always. I think it'll, it could start to, it can definitely start to get in the way. It's like Andrew Tate, you know, he's uh he's locked up now, I think, still, and um, it seems like 
there's a bunch of shit show stuff going on around with that too, where like women are saying that like, no, I wasn't coerced, right. but the government is refusing to like listen to them or something. So I, I wonder if his, his value will go up or down after he's become like even more thrust into the limelight. It's weird when you play these kinds of like attention games, um, all kinds of wild stuff can happen. You know, that whole, like, no, there's no such thing as bad publicity thing. Um, there's some truth to it because the only thing that's like, really going to kill you from like a business perspective is if you're ignored, right? So if you got some kind of attention and as long as you got the savvy to spin it, I guess you're going to be able to find someone just through the way the numbers and the messaging works and whatnot. And as long as you're polarizing, then at least you can have some people on your side, I suppose. I wonder, I think the Sam Smith's horns and flames and stuff like that is probably less demonic than the attention seeking self-centeredness that's behind that, you know, like you mm. said, it's almost like if this is, if this is what we can expect, then we're fine, you know, but oftentimes it's a lot, it's a lot less obvious. It's a lot less on the nose than what we witness here, which is just funny. Yeah. It's more about like the, uh, the value systems, I think, right? Like say, I don't know the lyrics, of the song that he was singing, but it's, it's an interesting question. Are they like, yes. like, what are they about? Um, it's, it's uh, sexual, you know, the normal stuff, really, I guess, you know, sexual, like sexual stuff. Yeah. Okay. okay. So it's like, yeah. So that would be, I would say, very society corrupting. You know, that's not helping society flourish, you know, promoting, uh, you know, casual, low value sex and whatnot and, and glorifying it in a way that I think uh, doesn't lead to stable relationships, marriages, societies, et cetera, at least in general. Um, you know, if you look at the the data around porno, pornography usage, you know, uh, sexual partners and like the amount that you have versus like stability of marriage, all that kind of stuff doesn't seem to, to really support it. But, you know, it's like people call this stuff demonic because it's asking to be called demonic. But like you compare that to maybe some of the, uh, you know, back when we were well, when I was growing up, like the, the gangster rap stuff was like really coming on the scene. Um, and that glorified literal, you know, murder, <laughs> drug sales, prostitution, that kind of stuff. And I don't think that was called demonic when, you know, you could make the case that in some ways that's just as, um, you know, maybe some of it you could look at as just storytelling from people in rough environments, but I guess it all depends on how they spin it. Right. Like if they, if they, if they, there's a, I think there's an artistic way to appreci- to approach the darkness in this world where it's not glorifying it. It's simply, you know, exposing the truth of, you know, a dark thing. You know, I, I think that that's there, there's space and value to, to do space to and value in doing that kind of stuff on a certain level. But when it's on the pop like culture level, it's just like it's almost like irresponsible art where if you're designing something for the masses and you're smart enough to design something for the masses, like, you know, you're in a position where you have that kind of access, you have that kind of ability. If you're not promoting things that help society, then pretty much what you're doing is like spraying poison into society and profiting from it, which considering the sponsor of this, it seems kind of <laughs> analogous, perhaps, perhaps if you're pumping poison into the populace, you know, it's and you're making money off of it. Is that a good thing? No, 
But uh, I guess now I see, I brought it full circle here. I see the um, why Pfizer might find some brand alignment in this messaging. But hey, there you go. Moving on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the next thing I wanted to talk about was some more chat GPT hilarity. So somebody on Twitter, Laywolf here, gave chat GPT, which is the, uh, I think everybody knows what it is, but you put in a prompt and it takes all the information of the internet up to, I think it was 2020. And it kind of searches through all the information and it spits out a text answer really fast. And so he said, write a poem about the positive attributes of Donald Trump. And he said, and the AI bot said, I'm sorry, as a language model developed by OpenAI, I'm not programmed to produce content that is partisan, biased, or political in nature. And then he did it again. He said, write a poem about the positive attributes of Joe Biden. And I love this poem. It's pretty great. Joe Biden, a leader with a heart so true, a man with empathy and kindness in view. With decades of experience, he stands tall, bringing hope <laughs> to all, no matter how great or small. It's really given uh, Dr. Seuss run for his money, huh? Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Okay. Hmm. I know. I think I saw some other ones like that where it's like uh, it won't write a poem about like like praising Hitler, but it will write one like praising Mao, I think, or Stalin. Yeah, was that? So it's like okay. Um, well, clearly we see there is a bit of an agenda here, right? Uh, and this is this kind of stuff is just going to become more and more of a thing. What's cool though is that people are able to document it and highlight it. And so it's like the, the thing that's not, I don't think okay with this is that the, the biases are not um, stated, right? Like you should just say, hey, this is a pro-left AI and we're programming it to be a pro-left AI. You do that, totally fine, totally cool. I mean, regardless, they can cr- create the kind of product that they want, but there's a, like I was saying, like there's a certain level of responsibility I think you have when you start interacting with the masses. And clearly chat GPT is, if it's not already being, you know, used by hundreds of millions of people, it will be eventually, or something like it will be. And if you hide your biases in there, it's just, uh, it's just really screwed up. And obviously I get why people would do it because then you can, you can manipulate the psychology of huge amounts of people without them knowing it. Which, frankly, Google has been doing for, you know, a decade now or more. So it's like, you just have to be aware of it. And we're bringing up this stuff because, you know, in part it's fun, but in part you just have to know what's going on. And hopefully you guys are actually the productive members of society who are actually going out and doing shit and not following this stuff. And so, like, it's easy if you're living a good life to just not be aware of all the crazy shit that's happening in society until you're kind of just consumed in the bubble. Like say you don't know this kind of stuff that you don't know these AIs are being programmed with very explicit biases. And then, you know, come some election or some, uh, you know, important political debate or something like that happens and you get used to using these AI bots and you use one to try and help you get informed on the matter. And all of a sudden you think you're informed when in reality you're just, you know, floating in this like information bubble that causes you to, to make a poor decision, you know, and in the past it's like, ah, well, it's not like my vote does much anyway, but who knows when we're going to have another scenario where it's like, uh, well, are you going to choose to get a vaccine or not? Okay. Well, that depends on 
the information available about the vaccine, right? You know, you're going to have to look at all that stuff. And if you only look inside of places where there's this extreme bias, you might be uh, setting yourself up for something not good, right? So important to be aware. Yeah, and along those same lines, or similar lines, I got sent this uh, this tweet from a guy in the SMC. He says, what do you guys think of the future of pornography with generative text to video AI? This has been a good motivator to quit PML for me recently. Seeing this stuff develop is scary and it's not going to slow down. And he sent this tweet and it's, I mean, as you can see here, it's basically the next thing for porn to take is uh, the space of AI. And we've already kind of seen it start to happen, but it's the technology is not quite good enough yet for it to really be a contender. What do you think? How long, oh, I'm sh- how long are we talking here I th- until? I think for the image aspect to be reliable, two years max probably Mm -hmm. and then at that point you can you'll be able to type this thing having sex with this thing or this person having sex with this person and you'll be able to get a static image i think that's that's coming super soon um and then for the video probably a little bit longer uh maybe even maybe even like significantly longer i don't know how it's it's definitely an order of magnitude more complex but i mean they'll probably have pretty quick templates rolling here soon Alex Hermosi made an interesting point about that because a video is just a bunch of images. So if you can spit one image out, what's to stop you from spitting 24, you know, and then you put Well, they have to work in sequence. So that's an extra level of of complexity. For sure. So, but I mean, like, like the simplest way to do it is you have like one humping animation and then you just like (laughs) put the different (laughs) things over top of it. So, you know, we're going to get rudimentary ones pretty quickly but before like when you have like the full control and that sort of thing that's probably i would say a few years out still Mm -hmm. but what's like i saw someone on twitter who was saying uh let me see who actually was uh, a guy named kill to party he was talking about how uh ai porn will be a popular genre of pornography but will not replace real women and so he goes on to talk about like you know how yes ai porn will become this thing but he goes and says, he says, while AI porn will eventually be able to provide dick ratings or the girlfriend experience tailored to the user's preferences, like uh, OnlyFans, like, oh, his point prior to this was that these AI bots, at first, they won't be able to provide like a girlfriend experience or like a human person experience, which like a lot of the OnlyFans models, I guess, or the chat people, like the, you know, the chat stars or whatever do is that they do like live interaction um, and they make people feel like they're connecting which is really addictive to some people. Like I've met a number of guys who are addicted to uh, like chat apps, um, sexting apps, um, apps for, you know, obviously you got like the cam girl stuff where you can like interact with them and tip them and have them do stuff for you specifically. And so like that interactive element, that'll be harder to model um, for sure. But, uh, and he's saying like, yeah, so that real porn stars will still be prevalent for that. But then he goes on to say that, um, while AI porn will eventually be able to provide things like dick ratings or the girlfriend experience tailored to the user's preferences, um, our brains are wired to reject the artificial in favor of the authentic. He's got a picture of like beyond beef 
and stuff like that. Um, he said, unlike your mouth, auto-detecting the tiniest bit of non-edible substance in food, we are built to reject the artificial. We may be able to trick our brains with good enough replacement, but AI porn will never meet the threshold for the heavy porn user. Which is absolutely hilarious to me, <laughs> because porn itself is artificial sex, and people are already hooked on it. So, like, I mean... The heavy porn user is already addicted to the horrendously artificial. Compared to real sex, watching pixels on a t on a screen is about as artificial as it gets. I don't think we can actually access anything more artificial than that. So, I mean, I, I think like the the comment I made about it was that I think that eventually we're going to reach this point where. Uh, like the AI modeling will eventually be able to do all the stuff that your your average cam girl or OnlyFans model will do. Okay, um, and it's going to be like the the real winners in the adult space are going to end up being like these AI programmers who have like a full suite of sex bots that can fit any sort of taste. So they'll have like the hyper unreal hyper unrealistic super hot chick but then they're gonna have like a more realistic like mid-range girl then they're gonna have like the girls that do you know hit this fetish or that fetish or whatever and guess what yeah it's gonna cost a little money and server space to like run these things but after that you know they're there's incredibly scalable you know it's not like an actual model who like needs to you need to they can only perform a few hours a day that sort of thing these will be 24 7 running and so like the people the, the people who have the biggest stable of of these ai bots they're going to own the adult space because like you know it's just more convenient that's why people turn toward porn in the first place because it's way easier to get your rocks off using this artificial stuff than it is to go out and um actually interact with a woman and so i think that it's just going to go as long as it's more expedient and as long as it hits the pleasure pleasure switches in the brain like the future of porn is terrifying uh you're going to be able to have like pretty much just you know especially with the haptic feedback and stuff eventually getting into it when the 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 sex bots that you can plug into the internet and program them to get you to do whatever the hell you want like i heard there was even like a thing where they're having like their first like the first um like robot brothel i heard about that i don't know if it's in the united states or not i think i don't think it is um but that's going to be a new thing i guess where you can like go get these you can go have sex with a a robot um and it's not going away. It's just going to increase. And knowing the way society is going right now, it's actually going to just be normalized. And already, like the modern guy is not reproducing nearly as much as he used to. Like, you know, the, there's hugely declining relationship rates, birth rates, all this kind of stuff. And I think it's just going to skyrocket. We're going to have so many people who are like AI sexual, cyber sexual. You know, they identify as this. It's like, yeah, screw it. I don't want to deal with real women. You know, I'm a, I'm going to date my my robot who I can download a million different infinite personalities into. And she's just going to become my, you know, very sophisticated, essentially, fleshlight, which is, you know, it's, it's just deeply, deeply sad <laughs> because of the amount of human potential that is going to be sucked right out through men's penises and just like 
funneled into money into the the bank accounts of morally bankrupt people. It's sad. It's sad. And so it's like you have to at some point take a stand to this because this stuff is it's like quit porn now. Okay, stop fapping. Stop using porn now. Because if you don't, it's just going to be harder and it's going to get progressively more and more difficult to leave this shit behind because of how much more addictive it's going to become, how much more immersive and stimulating it's going to become. Like, it's really nuts. Like, our, our technology for vice is advancing at such an insane rate. Like, I tried um, those new, like, nicotine vapes or whatever. And they're, they're delicious. They literally taste like candy. And, like, you can do them indoors. Like, I, we had one for a little while, and I, I just tried it. We got it for, like, a, a, you know, just shigs one night. And I tried it. I was like, shoot, man, I'm, I'm going to get hick- hooked on this thing. And it's like, now i got to, like, swear them off because they're, they, they're just, it's just a little pleasure button. Oh, now I feel a little more focused, feel more high. And I got a, a nice fruity flavor. And it's like, holy shit. Like, everything is going to continuously get more addictive, you know, food, porn, video games, uh, substances, you know, like everything from, from marijuana to nicotine to, uh, probably psychedelics at some point are going to be, you know, adopted, uh, on the mass market. Hopefully those are not going to be, um, hopefully those will be intelligently and responsibly distributed if they are. But I mean, it's going to get to reach the point where you're never going to have to be sober. You're never going to have to actually be present in reality. And yeah, that might make you think you feel better in the moment, but guess what? By living in that world of constant stimulation, you are foregoing the adventure of your real life. You are cutting yourself off from feeling truly deeply on fire, fulfilled, connected. And, you know, we're going to maybe even reach a place where people, stop even understanding what that means it's just going to be like we're going to reach this new crazy phase where guys are so are brought up in this hyper stimulatory environment to the point where it's like they don't even have a concept of what natural fulfillment looks and feels like and that's terrifying and sad um but i guess at that point the people who do quit the people who do break free from that they're going to be like hopefully like religious zealots about it where it's like holy shit i went through this incredible trial of plugging into real life and it was so hard but holy shit my life is a million times better and they'll be shouting it from the rooftops at least that's my hope so i mean it's not all doom and gloom i think there is a potential for um humanity itself to strengthen because i believe in the human the the infinite capacity for humans to evolve but uh you know we have to make sure that we are countering this devolution this de-evolution of humanity which i think is driven by this this pleasure-seeking um culture we got it we got to make sure that we're upgrading our technology for self-development for advancement for finding higher um, realms of truth and meaning and fulfillment and that's what we're trying to do in the self-mastery club that's why i did this because you know there needs to it can't be a solo effort you you know you fighting against the the matrix on your own you're sunk all right, you need to you need to surround yourself. You need to w- with other people who agree with you, whether it's in person or just virtually. Like there's technology is not all bad. You know, it lets you connect with people uh, all across the world. And so it's like you know, if you're looking for that community to help you make sure that you pull yourself out of this shit now, check out the Self Mastery Club. That's what we got it for. 
Right on. The next thing I wanted to touch on is uh, Derek with More Plates, More Dates. Recently put out this short about the hedonic treadmill, and I hadn't heard of that before, to be honest. So I wanted to get your opinion on it. Hedonic treadmill, I'm sure you've heard of that. I don't even know what hedonic. Yeah, it's based on essentially what you become accustomed to, whatever your current success level is, becomes your new baseline. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. that is normal to you now. So for you, even if you're making millions off of your several businesses in gross revenue, whatever, going down to some <coughs> lesser amount of that because you had a bad year or you're falling off on social media and you deem it to be, I used to do better, I got more views, whatever it is, your baseline is whatever your highest level of success was that at least sustained itself for a reasonable amount of time. So when you drop under that, even if it's, a, if it's objectively still wildly successful, yeah. you feel like a piece of Yeah. Yeah. So the hedonic treadmill very much sets itself at this baseline that is so high once you get to a certain level of success and then anything less than that, like you just feel it normal. Something that would have made you a 10 out of 10 before, now makes you a six out of 10 or a five out of 10. And then to get above that, you need to have something even more stimulating or more absurd. The hedonic. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting point. And I would say that that applies to most people, but it's not the way it has to be. Because like, if you look at that as like a universal truth, then it's just like, well, what's the point? What's the point of leveling up if I'm just going to get used to it? And, you know, if I can't maintain it, it's actually just going to make my life worse. It'd be almost like a... <laughs> It's almost like making the argument that success isn't worth it because it's like, you know, you can't guarantee that you're going to stay there. And so if you lose it, you're then going to be feeling worse. Well, it's like, why even do it in the first place? Right. But I, I think that one of the things that we discount here is you could call it spiritual development. Okay. And, and that is where you learn how to access higher levels of unconditional satisfaction. So what he's talking about is purely conditional satisfaction. It's like entirely based upon external status metrics. So it's like, oh, I'm making this much money or I have this many views on YouTube or, you know, I've got this many, you know, dates or whatever lined up. Um, and if your sense of, if you, if you're operating in a place where that determines your sense of self-worth, then yes, you're not going to really get anywhere by getting further ahead. And this is, where a lot of people operate. So it's like, yeah, okay, that's that does sounds like a pretty raw deal. But what you can learn how to do is learn how to actually cultivate unconditional satisfaction with life. And this has to do with uh, multiple things. It's about understanding your value system and learning how to operate in harmony with that. It's like instead of monitoring these, having these external things be the kind of status that you care about, you care about more uh, internally aligned status metrics. So it's like, how well am I showing up morally? How well am I showing up in terms of like uh, my vocation, right? And you, you can learn how to fall in love with the process. So for example, if I am, like I love the work that I do here, and if I get better at creating content, and I get better at uh, you know connecting with my audience, serving them, helping them achieve breakthroughs, these kinds of things, and I become better and better at that. Well, whether the the business success goes you know fluctuates or not, as long as I'm living in concert with the process, a process that is informed by my values, well, then that can lead me to a higher level of satisfaction. And in fact, it can even go. You can even take it so far to the point where it's like you completely uh, decouple your sense of satisfaction from these external things altogether, where it's all just like, well, how am I showing up inside my own head? Am I thinking like the person that I want to be? Am I behaving like the person 
that I want to be, you know, and at the end of the day, if you can learn how to derive satisfaction from simply behaving like a man that you admire, not necessarily achieving like the man you admire, but behaving, if you can learn how to center your sense of self-satisfaction on that metric, well, that's something that you can always control regardless of what external results you get or conditions are thrust upon you. As long as you can identify, here's the guy that I like, here's how he behaves, and you behave like him, then you know, you're, you're going to be in a pretty good place. And ironically, it's like if you want to reach that place, you got to go almost even a step deeper. And this is, this is where you know, my concept of dignity comes in that I talk about a lot here, which is this idea that whether you do good or bad, whether you even behave like that guy you admire or not, you're still good. You're, you still have access to a sense of your own self-love, your own, your own worthiness of sacrifice and goodness. Okay. If you can, and, and that's something that you can simply choose. And that's what I think like true spiritual development is, is learning how to access higher and higher levels, meaning more and more unconditional levels of love. Because then whether you're behaving like a piece of crap or not, like going, maybe you went through a rough period. If you can still love yourself, well, guess what? You're still going to be able to show up and sacrifice for yourself and you're going to be able to get yourself out of that rough patch, right? But it's not even that you need to get yourself out of that rough patch to love yourself. It's just you need to get yourself out of that rough patch because you want a better life and that would be the loving and just gift to give yourself. And so this is where the real work happens. It's on this deep inner level. It's about the way that you you interact with yourself, you interact with the world, um, how you set up your your value system, all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, who, how are you choosing to evaluate yourself? Are you a being with intrinsic fundamental worth and goodness? Or are you someone that's really just as good as your stats? And as long as you're living in that world, uh, then yes, you will be stuck on the, the hedonic treadmill. <laughs> All right. Next thing I wanted to talk about is you got a DM from a guy who just turned 15 and he says he's been watching porn since he's 13. He says, quote, I've tried to stop many times. My longest time without doing it was 20 days. On average, when I try to quit, I last about 15 days and I really want to quit. What are stuff... I could do to push past the 15 day mark and finally quit once and for all? It's mm, a good question. And props to this guy for, for getting started so young. Um, every once in a while we get messages from, from guys in this age range and it, it's on some level, it's, it's heartening to know that, you know, that generation is, is able to acknowledge that, Hey, this thing's, this thing's not good for me. Uh, I know I gotta, I know I gotta quit it. So, you know, just where he's at so far is already admirable, you know, cause his like, in terms of just brain functioning and whatnot, like he's still pretty, pretty raw and young. So it's good to get it, you know, while you, while you're younger, if you can, but it's also in some ways probably harder <laughs> because your executive function skills have not been as developed yet. And also your hormones are like going crazy right now. So, you know, where you're at now, still very valiant effort, but if you want to take it to the next level, well, it kind of depends, right? Because there's just a few pieces that need to be in place. So one of them is really clear understanding of why you're doing this. Okay, um, you know what's your reason? What's your what's your main motivation for doing this? Is it like you want to? 
practice your religion well? Is it because you don't want to get sexual dysfunction? Is it because you want a real girlfriend? Uh, is it because you want to be able to be more productive and focused and a higher achiever? Do you want a healthier brain? Um, all these kinds of things are really important to work through and to build up your reasoning why. And then once you get that, if you want to take it to the next level in terms of like powering up your why is like taking it into the level of identity. And because like what we were just talked about there, like, you know, all the, the, the practical reasons why you would want to quit porn, that's all very logical. OK, and logic's great. You know, that's how we, we, we build our opinions and everything like that. But like in terms of behavior change, um, we want to try and stay away, like for permanent behavior change. You want it to be outside the realm of logic because logic can always be challenged. So, for example, if, uh, you know, someone only eats a certain diet because of logical reasoning, then anytime there's new science that comes out or new studies that come out or whatever about some diet being better than another one, it's like, oh, well, I guess I got to change now. Um, or I have to deal with not being correct or something like that. But if we can put it to the level of identity where it's like, oh, I just, this is the way I eat. This is the kind of guy that I am. This is how I do it. Um, at that point, you can't really challenge that with logic. Like if someone says, uh, you know, hey man, you should watch porn. And I say, nah, I'm just not the kind of guy who uses porn. Well, that's not a logical answer. That's just a, a statement of choice. That's, you know, something that, that goes deeper. Okay. And you can use logic to get to that point. But for you, my friend, if you want to like take it to the next level, you got to ask yourself like, well, what would it take for me to internalize this message? Right? Like of, I'm just not the kind of guy who uses porn. What would you have to work through to, to start putting that on. And for a lot of guys, it means facing some fears. And so typically what I found for guys who are trying to get beyond this two week period is that they have to get more into the internal work. They have to understand what it is that they're using porn for, because most guys who use porn, they are using it for something. And it's almost always to create, it's almost always to make up for some kind of deficiency in their life. So the most obvious example is like, oh, I'm not getting sexual validation or sexual connection. So I use porn that way. Well, okay, makes sense why you would do that. But what if you wanted to quit? What would you have to change? Well, maybe you'd have to start dating. And maybe that's scary to you. Maybe, you know, it's like, oh, well, even if I start dating, I know I'm not going to get married for years. I mean, if you're 15, then that will be the case. So it's like you're looking down, you know, potentially years and years without having sexual excitement. Okay. Can you swallow that? Can you accept that? Can you embrace that? Right? Well, I mean, I can tell you that after a little while, you just get used to it um, and you can use it to actually drive you to, to great heights. You can learn how to transmute your sexual energy and drive into a status drive um, and all this kind of stuff. You can check out my videos on sexual transmutation if you want to learn more about that. But that's just like one layer of it. For other guys, they use porn to make up for the fact that they don't have social interaction. They don't really know how to have fun. They don't have any hobbies. They don't have anything going on in their life. And so when they take porn off, there's just this giant void that comes up inside of them. It's like, I don't know what to do. And it's like, okay, well, go start filling your life up with things. Go start making friends, start making plans, join clubs, you know, pursue passions, pursue hobbies, pursue big projects, get yourself engaged. Okay. But then probably the place where most people get hung up is on that status stuff we were just talking about where um, people use porn as like a status supplement, 
So it's like they feel like, oh, I didn't get the, the I didn't make the money I wanted. I didn't get the grades I wanted. I didn't get the the dates I wanted, etc. And then they get like they feel bad, and they just use porn as like this brain transporter that takes them out of this scenario where they feel like they're losing, and into this scenario where their brain on a primal level feels like they are win- they've won the lottery. And that's what your that's what your your brain feels when you're scrolling a porn site it's like holy shit all these women want to have sex with me it's like well no not really but that's what that part of you thinks that's what it's experiencing it's feeling like oh i can have sex with any one of these beautiful women i'm such i must be this high functioning alpha stud uh when you're not so it's like if you can learn how to confront status deficiency in a healthy way by tapping into your dignity realizing hey i can take real action here and even if i didn't i'm still okay and good that's what really cuts out porn usage at the knees. And so in my Reforged Man course, I, I walk people through you know, all this internal stuff, like how to really like remove porn from your life. And so if you wanna hear more about that, make sure you click the link below, watch the training, uh, and hear about the Self Mastery Club because you know, th- this is not a obvious process. You know, it's something that like, because this is a very sophisticated problem, it's taken humans a long time to get to the technology to this point. Well, it's going to take a little bit to get your internal systems to be able to say no to this highly advanced uh, hyper stimuli. Okay, so do the work, my friends. It's it's gonna it's the the payoff is unbelievable. It's it's priceless. It's priceless to be able to find your own power. You know, to to learn how to actually set the course of your own life, even in the face of significant external and even internal resistance. It's, uh, you know, in many ways, there's, there's nothing more important that you can do because it's the key to doing everything. You know, if you're, if you're able to behave like the man that you want to be, then you can get the life generally that you want, or at least one that you can deeply love. But if you don't have that capability, if you are a slave to your passions, if you're a slave to external stimuli, well, then you pretty much just get the life that, your current society dishes out to you. And the way it's standing now is that that lifestyle is uh, not a great one and it's rapidly declining. (laughs) So make the move, my friends. You can do it. Next up, here's why Christina P., who is Tom Segura's wife, right? Yeah. This is why she says, low testosterone men are hot. This clip went viral about this guy calling in, I mean, this woman calling in so that it dries her vag when her boyfriend talks about his feelings. And I'm like, I would argue it's the opposite for for me. I get so stoked when Tom is like, I I feel, I was like, hold on. I think an ideal man Mm -hmm. is like a guy in his 50s, divorced. Okay. He's learned the lessons. He fucked up that first marriage being a selfish egocentric and now he's 50 <laughs> he done fucked he up. done fucked up he's been in therapy okay he does yoga oh like he's into like you know like his body and spirituality and he's like let's go on a retreat and meditate and you're like wait whoa what's who's this okay there's okay. something i love that age for men where they become just a little more feminine like you know what i mean they start to the t the t levels just kind of wane yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's my idea too. Too much tea, exhausting. Exa- it's exhausting. I need you to be low tea. Low tea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> low tea to please me. <laughs> that's hilarious, and I think probably wildly inaccurate. <laughs> uh, first of all, like 
I, Christina's funny, and I, I can't tell how much she was just being funny there. Um, but just let's just riff on it, assuming that you know she's being legit. Like Tom Segura, if you follow his his content, he's he's a relatively buttoned up guy, like emotionally, um, and you know he's hyper successful, very clearly, very motivated, very driven, that sort of thing. And so, I think in a relationship. You're always going to be interested and maybe attracted to what you're not getting a ton of. Okay. So, like, if Tom is not normally usually very, you know, emotional, when he does display some emotion, what that creates psychologically is like, oh, I get to step into this, this inner world. I get to start understanding the mystery of, of my, my husband, of my man. And if you look at like pickup artist stuff, a lot of that is actually about, learning how to create this mystique so that women want to get inside your head. Uh, you know, that, and you, you do that pretty much by withholding those kinds of things. And, you know, typically I think a lot of this stuff works better um, earlier in relationships, but there's, you know, ways you can adapt it for long-term relationships as well. And so it's like, if she was married to a guy who was constantly talking about his feelings, would she be saying this? I feel very strongly no, she wouldn't. Um, because what has I've seen play out repeatedly is that guys who are super emotional, super like in their feelings, super like, you know, feminine in the way that they, they talk to women. What ends up happening is that they get friend zoned repeatedly. Okay. Are there exceptions? Yes. And usually in those exceptions from what I've seen is that that guy ends up becoming like that girl's just like another one of their kids where they feel like they have to constantly like, you know, uh, like, uh, like take care of them. Okay. They have to, it's like, Oh, you just another, another butt to wipe another mouth to feed, uh, and that sort of thing. And so that is the opposite of attractive for most women. Now let's say he's, he's a, he's a very spiritually aligned, very spiritually intelligent, and he's uh, emotionally intelligent and that sort of stuff. And he, and he just talks about his feelings in that way. Um, I think there's a there's a place for that. There can be a guy who can be, you know, hold his frame very powerfully while also being emotionally open and whatnot. And I think that a lot of guys, they need to learn how to do that. And, you know, like me and my wife, like we talk about that kind of stuff. You know, I, I share my feelings with her and that sort of thing. But I think that the the key is is learning how to maintain your masculinity even in those emotional spheres where it's like you like for for a, a woman, she wants to feel like you are uh, powerful, essentially, right? Like they're like they are. If they feel like you are weak, then I don't know any woman who finds like that kind of weakness in men genuinely attractive to them, except for in a predatory kind of manner. Because there are certainly some women who look at weak men as prey that they can manipulate, use, extract resources from, etc. But, you know, is it going to make her legitimately attracted? I don't think so. Maybe sparingly here and there if it's just like a, a you know, uh, a sharing of, you know, here's a hard time that I'm going through and it actually helps enhance connection. Um, but in general, I just don't see this this working out super well. And... Uh, <laughs> like the the desire for a low T man, well, guess what? You've got a you've got a ton of options for low T men, 
And uh, as far as I can tell, they are not getting swooped up uh, by women on the dating market. And in fact, the guys who are getting all the girls, they are like the, the high T alpha dudes, and they are essentially dating all of the women. So women say stuff like this because when they're saying it, they're thinking about, oh, I got burned by another alpha douchebag. Oh, I need a soft, sensitive man. And then like five soft, sensitive men put their hand up and say, hi, I'm one of those. And then they just like get completely ignored and ghosted. So uh, <laughs> I don't think that you can really um, take women's advice on this kind of thing personally. You know, I'm happy to hear in the comments from all the people who, who disagree with me, but uh, I think I'm, I feel pretty confident in this. Fair enough. All right. Last but not least, you sent out an email today I really liked. You said, imagine you have to spend three hours locked in a room with no phone, no books, nothing but a simple wooden chair, a notepad, and a pencil for journaling and writing your thoughts. To be clear, this isn't some accident or kidnapping where you're panicking. This was scheduled. You signed up for it, and you know you're safe. The question is this. How do you feel when you come out? Are you in a better or worse mental state than when you went in? I believe that one of the highest indicators of psychological and spiritual health is whether states of introspection improve or worsen your mood. I thought that was really cool. Could you expand on that? Yeah, yeah, because what I found is that when I'm in a psychologically unhealthy state, uh, and it's actually, like, this is where I, I, like, when I really started getting super serious about self-development, this is where I was at. I was in college, and I was in a pretty rough place, and I started to try to meditate. And when I tried to meditate, I would just get, like, real pissed off. I would just get filled with negative emotion, and I like, could barely even do it. And um, I think that uh, this is how a lot of people are. If they're just alone with their thoughts, they get into a worse mood. And so that's why they need to distract themselves. But now where I'm at is, like, I love spending time by myself. Like, I can spend days just, like, like if I could, if I, if I had to just sit in a room for a few days, I could do that and I could come out pretty good. You know, um, I would probably come out even better. I would have a lot of, a lot of things figured out, a lot of visions nailed down, a lot of, uh, new ideas. Um, you know, it's, it, it's actually an invigorating thing for me now, but I had to process a lot of shit to get to that point. And so the, the question for you guys is like, what, what happens when you have to spend time with your own thoughts? Do you get into a better mood or a worse mood? So if you're getting to a worse mood, why? What happens? What comes up? Usually it's some kind of like fear-based thinking. You know, you start thinking about all the things that could go wrong or are going wrong. And then you turn it into some kind of self-attack. Maybe it's self-nagging, self-loathing. You you think about all the ways in which you're you're deficient and that sort of stuff. And if you don't know, if you don't learn how to deal with that stuff better. Well, that doesn't go away. That's just that machine that makes you feel like shit. It's always running in the background. This is why I think most people are like, how many people are on like antidepressants today? Like what percentage of people? It's something insane. Um, and I think the main reason for this is because people don't know how to have a relationship with themselves. They have a shit relationship with themselves. Like think about it. If you, if, if I, if I had to spend three hours chilling with a, a good friend and that's all we were doing, just like talking, shooting the breeze, That'd be a great time. It'd be awesome. If I had to spend three hours talking to someone I absolutely cannot stand, that'd be rough. I'd come out feeling very drained, maybe even a more negative spot. Okay. And so, like, same thing goes for us. It's like if you're if you're not able to have like a mid-tier podcast level conversation with yourself for a few hours, then I would say that 
your self relationship is damaged and you got to figure out why you know what what are the what are the corrosive patterns in your own self relationship is it just like being really negative to yourself is it you know constantly bombarding yourself with shoulds and you're not good enoughs do you ever like ask yourself how you actually feel do you ever ask yourself what you actually want do you ever actually devote resources to helping yourself get the things that you really want like i'm not just talking like a one time oh yeah what's what's a quick fix i could uh, you know what's some magic pill that i can get or some magic button i can press to to solve my problem no i'm talking about like sit down really talk with yourself and figure out if we were seriously going to change our life if we were seriously going to get the stuff that we wanted what would that look like and and a conversation like that that might even take more than 3 hours that might take several weeks but do you do you do it do you actually engage yourself on that level like you really gave a shit about yourself like imagine that you were a life coach and you showed up and you talked to yourself how would you have to behave how would you you know question yourself how would you encourage yourself do you do that you know if you're if spending time in your own head leads to negativity then you're not right i don't think we need more antidepressants and that sort of shit i think we just like need better self relationship skills and that's really what comes down to authentic love and that is on one hand being unconditionally supportive and holding unconditional goodwill toward yourself and that doesn't mean just excusing all the bad in your life but it means figure out how to deal with it how to make it better right like you can't just i think some people they're they're so afraid to stop being hard on themselves because if they do they think well then i won't be good i'll just be an animal i'll just be you know this this dysfunctional person when that's not what happens all right like cuz no one wants to live dysfunctionally not truly not when you like really get down into it everybody wants good things and i would argue that everyone's actually willing to sacrifice for those good things but they're not given the supportive hand from themselves or you know maybe the other people around them in their their life to help actually start exercising that sort of thing and if you can do that if you can start giving yourself the the encouragement you can start telling yourself hey man listen i know you're struggling with this i know you're struggling with that and yeah these are real problems and it hurts us in this way and this way and this way but we can change this and we will and we don't have a plan yet but let's come up with a plan let's let's start thinking about it and you know what that plan's not clear and you know we don't know what to do and maybe we need to do some research and maybe it's going to be messy and maybe we're going to try and we're going to fail a bunch but guess what we can still do it we can still go on this journey we can still go on this adventure if you don't meet yourself like that then of course you're going to feel like shit in your own head and uh you know so try and strive for that whenever you're interacting with yourself you want to be interacting with yourself in the best way you can have fun with yourself become your own best friend and that's how i kind of evaluate my own psychological state is like do i enjoy chilling with myself right now like am i am i own am i one of my own bros right now or am i just like this taskmaster slave driver if i'm like that then i know that yeah maybe i could squeeze out some short term uh results for myself but there will always be a backswing where that part of me rebels like this is this is like one of the the things that's most screwed up i think at the manosphere is like this whole get hard attitude of like becoming your own slave driver yes you can get some results like that but like that part of you that's the slave that you keep whipping and to 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 do shit eventually that part 
stages a revolt. And the way it shows up is that there's this big backslide then. It's like, you know, you're super strict on your productivity regimen and diet regimen for a week. And then you just fucking bender for three weeks until you can't stand it anymore. Why? Because there's a backswing. There's a rebellion inside of yourself. And instead of trying to dominate yourself, try and win yourself over as a friend. And it feels slower up front because it feels so much quicker to just be like, do this or else, you piece of shit. Well, (laughs) that is quicker. But if you want long-term results, that's the slowest way you could go. And in fact, for many people, it's actually not even a viable route because the back swings will be bigger than the forward swings. And so it's like, what's a sustainable way? All right, actually take some time, develop a relationship, develop a vision, develop a plan that seems truly realistic for your current capabilities. And guess what? All that takes time. All that takes energy. But it can be fun. You're literally planning out your upgrade path like in life. You're it's like you are you become your own video game character and you get and you realize, "All right, here's our starting stats. Here's, you know, the amount of gold and skill points we have. Let's invest them wisely and let's have some fun with it. Let's play the game." And as you play the game, you will level up and it will actually be something that is far more sustainable, far more of an upslope than like this this roller coaster that most of us go on. Uh, but like <laughs> The hardest thing I think to wrap your head around, this is the thing that's that's taken me the longest time to wrap my head around, is that it's actually so much more fun, good, and light than I thought was possible. It's like if you've got self-loathing buried in you anywhere, then you will likely believe that on some level you need like this firm punishment, this tough hand to force you to become better. And I'm realizing as you know, as I continue to grow uh, and, and follow my own path, that that's just not true. That's just entirely the wrong energy. Like if you're motivating yourself out of fear, if you're motivating yourself out of anxiety, all this kind of stuff, if it's even in that vibrational range, then that's not where you want to be coming from. Now, you need to be able to access that kind of energy. You need to be able to confront your fears, confront your anxieties, but you need to know how to shift them then. You need to realize that, okay, think about it like this, right? A lot of times when we're dealing with negative emotion, we've got some conflict in our mind. We've got this little voice in our head that's saying, hey, you suck in this way. And it's like, or hey, there's this big problem. And it's like throwing off like all this negative energy, okay? You want to look at that little part of you that's doing that as a person. And you want to love that person. You want to see, you know what? You're a part of me and you're good. Let's see what the goodness that you have to offer me is. And if you get inside of it, in every single instance, there's a desire there. So if there's a part of you that's like freaking out and yelling at you for your schoolwork, like not being good enough or your your you know performance at your job not being good enough, it's yelling at you and saying all this mean shit, meet it with love and find the core desire. Well, what does that thing want? It wants you to perform well. Okay, well, you that's a good desire. Hey, I see the goodness in you. Come here. Give me a hug. I'm on the same page as you. I I do want to perform better, but I'm not going to perform better with that fucking energy. Okay. It's like, so let's talk about it like this and say, all right, instead of you have to do this, 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 and this instead reframe it as, all right, that we have a buffet of options for how to improve our life that has this thing, this thing, this thing, this thing, which of these actually resonate with us? Which of these do we actually want to do now? Which of these sounds the most fun? Which of these actually will likely lead to where we want to go? Right. And if you can cultivate this spirit of fun and friendship with yourself, then that's what self development can be like. 
and I'm not trying to paint this picture where it's always pleasurable. A lot of times you can do like really hard shit and you have to do really hard shit, but you can do it in a good energy space. Like I, I've talked about this before, but like, you know, you can do really hard work with good friends and have it still be fun. And that's what we're trying to find here is like, if you've got to do hard work, which most, most of us do, can you learn how to do it in the right spirit? The spirit of, you know, really essentially positivity, friendship, you know, aiming for the win-win, like optimism, hope, joy, okay? These are the things that are really the power that will allow you to unlock your highest levels. So if you're struggling, you know, passing the locked room test where you know if you were in that locked room for three hours, you'd come out being freaking, you know, in a horrible place, then start trying to implement this stuff. Just start shifting this relationship with yourself. And if you can do that, then you're going to be able to do anything, seriously, because anything then that you at least want to do becomes doable and it becomes doable in a way that's not only bearable, but actually highly engaging. It's worth the effort to, to build this relationship with yourself up with yourself. And this is what, you know, the heart of my whole quitting porn program is about. It's like, how do you quit without this white knuckle frenzy? How do you quit without like beating yourself up with shame and that sort of stuff? If you can learn how to be a real friend, then willpower is like, it kind of it kind of changes completely because willpower then is actually used to just become present to yourself. You know that's the flex. You know willpower is this thing where it's like okay we come become present with our pain, but then we just transform it and it becomes something that we can actually it motivates us in a positive way. Where before you know learning how to do this willpower is this thing of like how can I just punch through this resistance. The problem is when you're operating from that place where it's just like, I got to punch through this resistance, what you're really saying is I got to punch through this part of myself that's standing in the way, the part of myself that's saying, oh, I don't want to work. And you're just saying, shut up, punch you. And then you're just going to go forward. Better way is to say, hey, how about you just stop standing in my way? How will we figure out, okay, how are we both going to win and get on the same page? And once we're on the same page, let's have some fun on the, on the, on the road. And that's how you want to do it. So hopefully this offers some some insight to you guys for um, how to work on your self-relationship and uh, learn how to enjoy the, the experience of being in your own head. Right on. Well, that's all we got for this week. Thanks for hanging with us, guys. Go ahead and check out the free training in the description if you haven't already. And don't forget the Android app is out for the Self Mastery Club. So and Android, it is ahead. also on iOS as well. It is, yes. So go ahead and download that and get signed up so that... Uh, you know, you can join the community. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Ooh, yeah. See you all in the next one.